Welcome to That's the Word, wholesome tales for the whole family. I'm Father James Yamauchi. Today's story, The Tipsy Nuns. The mob hurled stones at Marguerite and her sisters. The young congregation was simply trying to attend All Saints Day Mass, but the crowd was distrustful to say the least. This might have been too much to bear for some, but not for Marguerite. Her life had never been easy. Her father died when she was a young child, and her husband of eight years spent his time illegally trading liquor with the Indians and was gone for extended periods of time, doing God knows what. Four of her six children died in infancy. When Marguerite was left a widow at the age of 28 with two sons, she had no reputation and a mountain of debt. One source of encouragement at the time came from her spiritual director, who assured her, Be comforted, my child. God destines you for a great work. You will raise up a house fallen in ruins. Marguerite spent the next few years rebuilding her life. She embarked together with a few associates on a common life dedicated to serving the poor and nursing the sick. The public, however, did not trust Marguerite. Rumors flew that she had continued her late husband's illicit alcohol trade with the Indians. They called her and her companions the Tipsy Nuns. Marguerite took these insults in stride. The women faithfully cared for the sick who showed up at their door and provided sustenance for all who lived under their roof. When the General Hospital of Montreal was in ruins and debt, Marguerite was asked to become its director. Over time, the public would be eventually won over by the good work of the sisters. Both of Marguerite's sons entered the seminary and were ordained priests. Marguerite's congregation provided care to all in need, the local Indians during an epidemic of smallpox, infants abandoned along the road that bordered a river. Without distinction to nationality or creed, the sisters' faith and charity knew no bounds. This was most exemplified during the French and Indian War, when the English decided to spare the sisters' hospital because of their reputation to nurse soldiers from both sides of the conflict. When their hospital was destroyed by fire, Marguerite's steadfast faith and good business sense demonstrated over the years saw to it that the hospital was rebuilt. In 1978, two centuries after Marguerite's death, Canada issued a stamp in her honor. The design of the stamp commemorates an incident during a general famine when unobtainable food supplies mysteriously appeared in the sisters' refectory. This miracle was attributed to Marguerite's unwavering trust in divine providence. Marguerite would go on to be canonized by the church, becoming Canada's first native-born saint. A wife mother and foundress who never wavered even in periods of ridicule, demonstrated by the fact that her congregation would have the endearing name, the Grey Nuns of Montreal. 
This may seem to be an obvious name, given the fact that Marguerite had chosen gray to be the color of our congregation's dress. However, there is more to the story. When Marguerite's congregation received formal approval from the church, she intentionally chose at that time the color gray as a nod to the ridicule she had once received. You see, the word gris in French not only means gray, it can also mean tipsy. So when St. Marguerite Duville dressed her nuns in gray and called them the gray nuns, she was really embracing the name given by her detractors, the tipsy nuns. And for this week, that's the word. 